Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. Now, onto the show. All right, here we are, men talking mindfulness with John McCaskill, my over there, my brother from another mother, Will Schneider over in New York City. Today, we're going to be talking our second iteration of Bosses versus Leaders, and we've got a special guest, Neil Markey. Hopefully, Neil is going to be able to tune in. He's actually joining us from Mexico. Um, I'll jump into a bio and a, kind of an intro on Neil here shortly, but before that, I want to turn it over to Will to uh, talk about our new awesome sponsor and super excited about this. Me too. I just want to say hello to you, John, to Neil for joining us. Big thanks uh, for our audience um, that we're live streaming right now. It's great to be here. Another Friday is what, April 16th, um, our 16th episode, Boss versus Leader Part 2. Um, and we have uh, we do have a new sponsor, John. It's uh, Hello Sport, right? Uh, get your Hello Glow on the go. Hello Sport is a New York-based female and minority-founded brand that specializes in the cleanest, most functional hydration. Hallow's unique hydration blend of electrolytes, minerals, and vitamins is now available in a convenient powder stick. Um, only one gram of sugar per stick, 1,200 milligrams of vitamin C to boost immunity, natural elect electrolytes, as well as an ionic, uh, ionic trace minerals from the Great Salt Lake of Utah, and B vitamins to boost your energy. Refreshing and complete hydration and only 15 calories per stick. That's pretty awesome. Um, you can add a hollow stick to your water once a day or as any time that you sweat to replenish the lost electrolytes and vital nutrients. Um, and personally, John, I know the owner. His name's Anshuman. He came to my classes for a couple of years here in New York City. Uh, you know, now we're all over the place because of COVID. But uh, he's a really, really great guy. And one thing I really like about this product, and I've tried it um, before, it's, it's very good. It's, it's tasty. It's hydrating. And it's, and it's, and it's organic and natural. Um, is they're also really eco-friendly. They're moving from plastic bottles into aluminum bottles and uh, reducing their carbon footprint uh, because of these, uh, these, pow these powder sticks. And we have a special giveaway, John, um, that we're going to do. Well, well, yeah, for the, well, we'll talk about the giveaway in a second, right? But um, if you want to buy um, and receive 20% off, head to uh, hellosport.com. I think we'll, we put it up right there. Yeah, and, and, and use enter code MTM. That stands for Men Talking Mindfulness, MTM 2021 and get 20% off. And they've been uh, gracious enough, Hello Sport, to offer us three listeners to give them a one-month supply of those powder sticks and all you need to do in order to uh, register for this is to uh, go to mentalkingmindfulness.com and sign up for our email list. And next week we'll read, uh, we're going to, and we'll just generate this list. We're going to pick three winners at random uh, from that list between now that the time you listen to the show and our episode on April 23rd. Uh, so welcome. I mean, welcome to Hello Sport on to Men Talking Mindfulness. Really uh, proud to be here. And Anshuman, thank you for supporting us. And John, thank you for being here. And here we are. <laughs> yes, here we are indeed, brother. Well, hey, so our, our show today, as, as we covered, well, first off, I am excited, very excited to be dealing with Hello Sport and uh, the, the, the powders and very excited to be able to give away some something from our show. That's super exciting. And uh, we'd yeah. love you guys to jump on this, uh, rather jump on our website, sign up, and uh, and we'll be drawing that next next week. That's pretty exciting. New stuff for us. So, hey, our, our guest today may or may not be able to come in. He just texted me. They've got some uh, connectivity. He's coming to us from Mexico and uh, may, or not, may or may not be able to jump in. But right now it's me and Will. Um, if Neil Markey is able to come in, I'll tell you, he's got a hell of a background. He's a former Army Ranger, uh, Columbia MBA, and uh, he's got uh, his time at McKinsey, and he went from McKinsey into teaching mindfulness and meditation. And he's got he's got a new startup called Evolutio. I see he's he's trying to dial in here now. 
Let's see if I can bring them up. Uh, I, I always forget this, man. <laughs> Let's start with our grounding practice. And, and I need it uh, bad because I was just telling you uh, before the show, Will, and for our, our listeners, I have to do a quick break in an entering here to get, into, uh, <laughs> to get into the workspace that I work out of. And uh, you may get to see me get arrested live on LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, <laughs> Facebook. But uh, I work out of this co-working space. And uh, I, I had to run outside to my car. And the, the, the way that you get into the co-working space is with your phone. And there's nobody else here today. Uh, it's literally just me and the whole place. I left my phone inside the building. I wasn't able to call Will and let him know that I may not be able to make the show live. Um, so I ran around the building and I basically manhandled the back door and, and opened it. Um, so, like I said, you you may you may see me get arrested right here live. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our most popular show. But that said, uh, I definitely could deal with a grounding practice uh, before we get into the show, brother. All right, well, okay. So it sounds like I'm leading, John, because you're a hot mess again. All good. All, all, all good, dude. All good. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got my brother's back. Um, you know, I I mean, um, you know, I, I'm sad uh, Neil can't be with us today, but we'll figure out another time we can get on. But hey, you know that's uh, that's part of being mindfulness. Just using our resilience and our adaptivity, um, adaptiveness, and just going with the flow. So um, right. wherever you are, um, however you're feeling, find your seat. Right? Maybe you sit a little bit differently today, or if you're you know listening on podcast, you know uh, maybe wherever you're doing, just stop. It's just going to take a couple minutes for us to ground. Uh, everybody, make contact somehow. Maybe interlace your fingers. Maybe drop your hands in your thighs, palms facing up or down, or maybe bring your hands across your chest so you can feel your heartbeat. You create a nice long spine. Uh, let's start with a nice exhale through the mouth as you relax your jaw and your face. Get uh, a big giant breath in. Feel more breath, really feel that whole expansion of that big balloon breath into your body. And exhaling through the mouth or through the nose. Uh, and just let go and feel that dropping in the breath. Let's just keep going. Inhale. And exhale. Just keep fo focusing on the breath and trying to find a bigger quality and a smoother quality of inhale. And match that with a nice, satisfying, and smooth quality of exhalation. Keep going in. Notice how with the breathing, if you slow down the breath, especially um, to really calm and ground, it, a lot of that is inherent in the exhalation. If you just really slow down the exhale, how I, I, I could feel my body relaxing. I can feel my emotions settling and you know, getting into a calmer place because I always get amped up for the show. Just another few moments of just being with your breath and being with this amazing tool for your transformation in the moment. Just notice, take this last moment, just notice how you're feeling right now. Just a mindful reflection that I love when John says that internal selfie. It's okay what it is. Just be with what is and Accept and surrender. Let's all take one giant cleansing breath in, big, big breath in. And let that go. And then when you're ready, you can open up those eyes. Cool. I'll throw the hat on backwards since I'm a rebel and I, I want to get arrested with my hat on backwards. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you just admitted to a crime, John. So hopefully. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, let's see, man. Uh, first off, that grounding practice was awesome, man. It took me from 
sympathetic fight for fried or freeze. Um, and I am, I am here now much more calm, feeling a lot better. Um, so John, why don't we, a couple things, let's bring up the comments, right? Um, would be a big asset and let's talk about our mindfulness moments of the week. Yeah, man. Um, so my, my mindful moment of the week, I'm actually, uh, trying this new, uh, new meditation app. It's, uh, it's called new calm and, uh, it comes with a, a little disc that you put on your wrist, a little, it's like a sticker you put on your wrist and then you put on headphones and, uh, and then you put on this, uh, like the eye mask, right. And you totally tune out all your uh, senses and, and listen to binaural beats. And, mm. um, man, it's really been amazing tapping into that. But, uh, specifically the first time I sat down with it was last week, last Friday. Um, a buddy of mine actually helps to, to sell the, the, the product, you can buy it as a product or, and I'm not trying to sell anything here, but it was truly my mindful moment. The last week after the show, I went over to my buddy's house, put these headphones on, listened to the binaural beats and, you know, it sets up the different frequencies going through one ear and the other. And that forces your brain to get into that parasympathetic nervous system that I talked about a second ago. And man, I went down into that parasympathetic super fast, much like I just did with your meditation, like, mm -hmm. uh, from being amped up from last week's show into uh, super calm. And, uh, and yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. But just sitting there, um, tuning out all your senses, which is kind of contrary to what I normally do with my mindfulness practice, I, I normally try to tap into that, I mm -hmm. tap into what I'm feeling in my emotions, tap into what I'm feeling in my sensations. And this thing actually kicked me into that parasympathetic nervous system by doing the opposite, which was bizarre for me, but it was a very neat experience. Um, so that was uh, probably my mindful moment for, for the week or one of them. So, well, yeah. how long did that take, John, that, uh, you know, yeah. that experience? What was that? Just, yeah, yeah, so was, in. Um, yeah, so it was that, that particular experience was a 50 minute uh, meditation, listening to the, the binaural beats, but it took me only probably five minutes to really like I, I had my, my, my smartwatch on and I checked it out afterwards and I saw where it actually took me down into that parasympathetic, my, my nervous system, my, my heart rate, heart rate variability and everything was so much better during that hour. So pretty cool, wow. pretty cool, uh, pretty cool system. So trying that out yeah. and seeing, uh, seeing whether I'm going to stick with it, but yeah, it seemed to work. Technology and mindfulness. Excellent. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe we do a whole episode on that. We've done the, the opposite. We've done the digital detox. Maybe we can do yeah. how you can use technology to tap into mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Get another sponsor. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, um, uh, you know, my mindfulness moment of the week, I really had a big, really a, a big epiphany um, this past weekend. I, I went hiking with a friend and um, I realized how incredibly important important or well not important how conversation really sets the tone for mood sets the tone for the moment you know and um i was hiking with a friend and uh you know she's going through some stuff and 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 i asked her about it and um and i'm really thankful that she told me she's like you know i don't want to talk about it and i was like okay you know total respect and yeah. and then i would i started to reflect it's like whoa like, you know, if we talked about that for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and we just started our hike, like, how would that affect the rest of our hike, you know, and the time we're having what we're doing? And, and, and she really helped me become aware of like, you know, I, I of how important, you know, you can bring a certain mood into a moment by having a certain type of conversation. You know, oh, yeah. or asking about things that are, are more joyful or, or, you know, or, or exciting or exhilarating or, or something like that instead of, you know, stuff that might bring guilt or shame or, or these deep feelings of loss or something like that. Um, and, you know, I really appreciated that moment. I, and, and I actually really, you know, respected so much that she was like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, so that, that was a big moment. It was really like, and I've been more aware of that now. It's like, wow, how I really, the questions I ask. And, and how I start a conversation really has an uh, incredible emotional content um, in that moment. And that can really shift and steer like our decisions, our thinking, our, our connection to one another. And yeah. so that was, that was a big moment for me this week. Nice. Yeah. 
that's uh, that's a meaningful one, man. So uh, yeah. you know, the being able to tap into your awareness hey, a lot of the time when we as men hear, hey, I don't want to talk about it, we'll still keep pulling. We're like, hey, no, yeah. you're, you're going to talk about it. You're going to talk about it because we want to fix it, right? That's what we yeah, do. Exactly. We, we're fixers. Uh, it yeah. always reminds me of this one commercial where, uh, or it's an old commercial where there's a, a, a couple sitting on a couch and it kind of pans from behind and it shows this lady talking about pressure and pain and and how it's causing something is causing her heartache and the man's like let's talk about it let's talk about it she's like i don't want to talk about it he's like but you have a nail in your forehead and it kind of pans around and there's literally a nail sticking yeah, out i remember that commercial and, yeah and, 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 and she's like it's not about the nail i just want to talk and the guy's like but if, if we just pull it out <laughs> and that's and that's how we are as men you know we just want to pull that nail out of your forehead and uh, and kind of fix things. So anyway, um, good on you for not pushing and and just being in the moment and allowing her to be, uh, you know, where she needs to be. So yeah, right on, man. So hey, let's uh, let's talk about bosses versus leaders. Part yeah, for two, sure, <laughs> uh, for sure. Well, how about how about this? I'll do a little summary, um, and you're gonna show show some yeah. of the posters that we have as well, just to kind of. So we're gonna do a little recap. We do a quick little recap of part one, things we learned, things we talked about. You know, also from, you know, from John and I's conversation, as well as our, you know, the audience, you guys are helping us understand that, um, you know, we have this image here about, you know, the that distinction we're trying to make boss versus leader. And also, you know, we're, we're thinking, um, we're working with boss and leader, um, you know, not just in like business orientation, but also in our community and our family. So think about those areas in your life as well. And in part one, uh, these are some of the nuggets, the gems that came out through part one. Um, the importance of, um, of of listening as a leader, um, how a boss uh, takes energy and how a, a, a leader tends to lend and, and give his energy. That's that whole idea of like, kind of, I got your back. Um, you know, how a boss functions through stress, you know, and, and typically is working in the sympathetic, that fight or flight or freeze energy. Uh, whereas the leader works uh, a little more deeply into that parasympathetic nervous system. Not like a leader doesn't get stressed, but um, a leader understands how important it is to remain calm, right? To be able to listen and to be able to make decisions with the environment and what's going on around them. Um, a leader also, uh, sometimes a leader needs to be bossy, right? In the sense of like, but bossy uh, typically for the safety of the group or, or because they know that it's important to get to that goal. Um, uh, great leadership is servant leadership. That was, uh, you had mentioned that, John, in the beginning of the episode. Another uh, listener had, I forget who it was, mentioned about servant leadership, like really serving. You're still the leader, but you're serving your people in order to achieve the best results. And, and I'll also add to have the best time you can when you're working together instead of it being like this uh, picture that we have up here. You know, the boss is on top, like, you know, uh, so proud of himself for getting there and look at all of his, uh, you know, all of his, um, uh, subordinates just kind of falling off the mountain where here is the leader, right? You know, he is leading the charge, right? And helping to pull up, right? His, um, uh, you know, his, the people that he's working with. Um, uh, and also here, uh, me versus we concepts, right? Uh, uh, blame versus responsibility, right? Whereas the, the boss blames and the leader takes responsibility. You know, uh, bosses are very, can be very transactional, uh, a lot of times it's just thinking of metrics and numbers and, and getting to the result and sacrificing the, the humanity of the group where leaders tend uh, to take that, uh, you know, realize that we are human beings and we're, and we're doing things collectively in community. Um, you know, bosses typically, they use rank as power and as an ego trip, which you had talked about, John, um, you know, about uh, serving in the military. And I've seen that on my end as well. I mean, just because somebody has a higher title than me, all of a sudden they're a different person. Um, and uh, lastly, I have here how becoming a great leader requires practice just like anything else and also grows with maturity. You talked uh, last episode, John, about, you know, how you were, uh, you know, I think leading the boat crew in, during BUDS and you're, yep. you know, I'm sure you're, you know, God, you went 20 22 or something like that at that time and just you know you know um just going really going at people and then through time over time becoming you know more experienced in life and becoming um you know a better man and also i think it's important to you're seeking leadership skills 
and not trying to be a better dictator or authoritarian kind of boss. Um, those are some of the things that, yeah, that, and, and that those are some of the things. And, I, you know, I just said, like, yeah, a, a leader inspires where a boss seems to diminish that light, you know, because right. of that, just the nature of, of the values of, of, uh, of a boss. So um, where does that leave you, John, when, when you hear our little recap of part one? Yeah, man, I, I I love that episode, and I think it's so important that people understand that distinction between the two. And, and, and when we say the terms boss versus leader, right, there, uh, we, we had this conversation after sharing the fact that we were going to do the second episode this week on boss versus leaders part two. Uh, we had we had some folks pinging us about, hey, can you can't you be a boss and still be a leader? And, and yes, the term boss, right, in, in the context that we're using it, we're, we're basically showing that you can be a boss um, and and really drain your people, um, not lead them. You you kind of have them pull you along, and and that's the that's the kind of the context that we're using the word boss in this week, mm-hmm. uh, and and the last episode as well. But I do believe, uh, and this is one of my favorite things as a as a math guy is Venn diagrams. Right. So you got your you got you got your circles and you got boss in one circle and you've got leader in another. And what I uh, what I believe is that the boss is the bigger circle and the leader is a smaller circle within that. And and I think that you can and then and I think there's a little bit of the leader circle kind of off to the side as well. So there's a little bit of overlap. I think you can be a leader and not be a boss so you can be a leader and not be in charge right you can be a leader from at the very bottom of an organization and you can be um a leader from the boss's perspective as well so as as the boss in this particular context being at the top of an organization top of a team but you can also be a leader there and that's where that overlap is but then a lot of the time what we find is that that part of that boss circle that is completely not has no leadership in it. They are only there because they've been with an organization for long uh, enough yeah. to rise through the ranks and they're not mm-hmm. leaders. And, and in mm-hmm. doing that, uh, they, they lean on, Hey, I've been here longer than you. So I'm in charge. They lean on that rank that you mentioned. There's mm-hmm. a lot of I, 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 and not a whole lot of we, 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 um, so I think that's where, that's what jumps out at me in covering last week's show. And I saw your, I saw your message there, Will, um, for the chat in the upper right corner of your screen, you should have a little thing that says chat and that oh. should bring up, uh, that should bring up the, the comments and, and, oh, and shit. Since, okay. There, there it is. I've, okay. Got it. I just expanded yep. my screen. Everything's there. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. you. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and I, and I do want to, uh, also just highlight, uh, one of the comments that came in something about tension racial tension with all that's going on in the news, all that's going on uh, between mm. the, the police and, and, and race. And, you know, the same same kind of feeling last year, and we had an episode before we actually turned this into a podcast on racial tension, and this week's guest was going to be Rhonda McGee, and we were going to talk about mindfulness and racial injustice. Uh, Rhonda had a, a scheduling conflict, and again, we're just rolling with the punches with, with the guests because our, our guests are being good enough to come on the show, and we have to be flexible with their schedule. But Rhonda is going to come on the show at some point, but uh, just this week, it would have been perfect uh, with her to talk about mindfulness and racial injustice. And uh, just had to touch on that because I saw that comment pop in. So, yeah, um, yeah. so getting back to... Uh, to leaders well, versus bosses, man. Well, I, I love you. what Diego's saying here. He goes, you know, a leader, and just think about this like, paradigm and, and how do you want to be led? You know, a boss leads with fear, right? Where a leader, le- a leader leads with love. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and just think about that, you know, that paradigm. It's like, what is going to achieve the best results? You know, or, or what is going to, yeah, or the best outcome, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. So I, I think it's like, you know, that whole, yeah, it's like, and I think incredibly how stressful it is to lead with fear. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't know, that, that was really stuck out at me. And I love that idea of like leading with love, you know, and, and what is in that? Um, well, let's talk about that, John. What is in that bucket of fear 
right? So what is some of the, maybe the, 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 the fears? Cause what I would like to do with this episode, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's sad that Neil's not with us, but we can use this platform, I think, to help people that are bosses that have been kind of uh, stuck in that boss attitude, right? That mindset of boss and how we can lead them into uh, uh, more of a leadership style of, of being in charge. Uh, yeah. um, so uh, what are, so how about, uh, uh, what, what are those fears that, that a boss has? Like, and, and where do they come from? And, and, and what are your <laughs> thoughts around that? I think that ties to last week's episode, man, the, the scarcity versus abundance. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, a lot of the time a boss is is almost trying to win that bottom line or or be the first to um, get his or her team to do X, Y, or Z. And when they do, they take all the credit and they don't give the credit to uh, to the team. But the reason they want to be the first one to get there is they think that there's only enough for them uh, boom. at the time yeah. and, and not this thought of abundance. So I think this, I, I didn't even think about this until right now, the, the flow of the show with the scarcity versus abundance mindsets last week, that does flow directly into what it is we're discussing today in, yeah. uh, in the, in the, in the bosses versus leaders. So I think the boss has that scarcity mindset the leader has that abundance mindset. And I just heard some people coming in, so it may be the cops. So we'll <laughs> see if I get arrested. All right, get ready, guys. This is a suspenseful, John. <laughs> well, I'll get to it. I got you covered. I got your back, John, as, 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 as a leader in this group, right? I got your back. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, that boss, it's like that fear is comes from a scarcity mindset. Uh, I think it's also, um, I think bosses tend to be very, um, care how much it looks like, you know, vain in some ways, mm. the optics of oh, like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, how do I look like, look at my numbers, look at this bar graph, like it's going up and I'm taking all the credit and celebrate me and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I mean, even thinking about John, uh, that, that sympathetic nervous system, that fight, flight or freeze you know, mm. that, uh, you know, we, we, we don't tend to listen like we talked about in the beginning. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, we just, we're, we're, we're shut down. Like literally our nervous system is shut down and then we go into survival mode. And, and I think you're going to really make and the companies I work with, I'm like, you know, you're going to make some bad decisions and create a lot of redundancy, um, uh, without being inclusive, which means abundant, right? A and also being vulnerable and authentic and forgetting about, you know, one thing that's really, uh, mindfulness has really helped me is forgetting about what it looks like and just doing the best I can with what I have and where I am. Mm. Yeah, So I love that, man. And that's, yeah, coming, coming full circle to that, that abundance mindset. So mm -hmm. that, that leader, leadership, um, I think another piece, and I posted this last night, uh, I'll just tell you a quick anecdote about my, my experience yesterday. So I was supposed to speak with, with a team about leadership and what I think makes a good leader. And in my eyes, I think uh, what makes a good leader is someone who has compassion, someone who has grit, someone who has resilience, and someone who is prepared. So those four things, and there's an overlap again. Me, the the Venn diagram guy. Uh, the the overlap between those four is what makes a good leader. And a lot of the time, where I think uh, the the boss um, distinguishes themselves from the leader, or or rather, the leader distinguishes themselves from the boss, is is that compassion, the compassion oh, yeah. for for themselves, compassion for others. And, and that can come with that abundance, right? You want your team to have what they need as a leader. You have to, and, and in order to give them what they need, you have to be compassionate so that you know what they need. Uh, so again, that the difference, and we've covered this in another episode, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, and compassion is basically empathy with a desire to do something about it. And in order to have that desire to do something about it, to help others, you have to have that feeling or that thought, that mindset of abundance. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, not, and not rely on your time in an organization, your rank, your positional authority. You rely yeah. on 
who you are. And I love what you talked about earlier. You know, a leader leads with leads with love. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's that's the compassion piece. So, yeah, 100 percent, man. Well, how, do we, how does a boss that, you know, I mean, so maybe there's a listener out there that, you know, he's been within an organization for a certain amount of time and, uh, you know, they've had a typical boss style of, of leadership and uh, or, or maybe, they, you know, they just feel like their job's in jeopardy or something like that, you know. And, and so how do we begin as a and this is a question for both of us, you know, but, you, you know, I mean, for you right now, it's, uh, you know, how do we begin to. Uh, you know, transgress or transcend from boss um, into um, into a leader. Like, what are some things that you can uh, that anybody that's listening out there? And this just again, this you know, I know we we keep we kind of uh, wrap this conversation around like business and corporate stuff. But you know, instead of being like the boss in your family, how can you be more of this loving leader in your family? Um, so, what are some skills or things that we can? that we can become more mindful of in order to transcend into something, a, a more effective person by being a loving leader. Right. Well, I mean, I think you, you, you said the word right there is, is mindful and, yeah. and in, in practicing, you know, meditation and how mm -hmm. meditation uh, opens your mind up to live more mindfully, mm -hmm. but yeah. in, in living more mindfully, you see what other people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And you see them as human beings. You see yeah. us as all interrelated and how we all support one another. And, and in doing so, then that develops that, that compassion um, aspect mm -hmm. for a human being. I, I believe you become more compassionate for others um, when you are practicing meditation. That offers you the compassion for yourself. And that is the foundation upon which you can build compassion for others yeah. and then and then the that also the meditation leads you into living more mindfully and in living more mindfully that's also going to allow you to have more compassion for others and as a leader i think that's critical so yeah very critical and and meditation is going to help you become more aware of your emotional life you know like that you know and really help you get in touch with that the 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 the, the fear that is brought through comes with the anxiety and comes with the stress um, you know, uh, in, in Confucianism, they talk about if you want to be a great leader, then learn how to be an incredible follower, mm. right? It's like, what if you, instead of like, you know, listen, you know, trying to, you know, uh, be on the top of the mountain, like we saw earlier and like, you know, uh, uh rallying around your success instead of everyone else's success to help you got there. Um, right. you know, what if it means to, 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 to step back and, and let others lead? You know, I think that would, you know, let anyone, let someone else take a lead on a project and it, you know, it could be, you know, a project on your, you know, in your family or something like that. If you're building something together and let your, you know, your mm -hmm. son or your cousin, you know, uh, lead um, uh, whatever particular project that you're working on. Was. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah. why, it's these little, yeah. it's a thing, John. It's like, you know, I, yeah, you, you can absolutely go to leadership school. You know, but but again, like we're going to learn all these skills in, in a leadership school or program, whatever you want to call it. Um, but then it's like, how do you actuate? Right. What do you what are the things that you do? How do you pragmatically get down and execute what it means to be a leader? Um, and, you know, again, the, the, the breathing is going to be a, ma a massive asset as well, because just like we experienced in the beginning of our show, how it could allow you to relax the nervous system open up your mind you know uh, another thing i think uh, um, uh really important we didn't say it yet uh there's a rigidity to boss to boss you know mm. that uh, that a lot that, that 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 that's why they have so much stress because they're always trying to drive a, you know a, a circle into a square right and it doesn't fit right you got to be flexible um and lose that rigidity and and just even that breathing is going to help just to soften get away from that rigidity, open up into that flexibility. And that uh, hopefully, you know, that would help you to, to just understand what it's, what it takes to, to, to just let go of that boss role, let go of being yeah. that authoritarian. So, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I think the, the opposite is also true, right? So we were talking about how you can do mm. these little things in your personal life that are going to open you up to be more compassionate, more loving, and then take you from being a boss to being a leader. I think once you are 
in a leadership role versus a boss or once you're living as a leader mm. then you can take that back into your personal life as well you learn from other people in your organizations so you got the, the compassion so you're able to be open to who they are you see how they lead maybe they're leading from the lower ranks and you see them and you're like oh you know what i'm going to take that little nugget and i'm going to start using it as a leader and then also as a leader in i mean we we're talking a lot about leadership in corporate teams or corporate spaces but what about being a leader in the the community a leader in your family and you bring those same little nuggets home mm. that you've learned from your people and you can become not just a boss in your community not just a boss in your family but now you are a leader in your community you are a leader in mm -hmm. in your family and then that just trickles down right everyone that's around you is learning lessons from you too so as right. a leader i think that's you know uh, i think that was one of the distinguishing factors too as a uh, a boss uh tells their people hey they, they need to be better whereas a coach wants to coach their people to be better well mm -hmm. the flip side is true too uh, I think there's reverse mentorship or reverse leadership that as a leader in the lower ranks, you want your leader, you want the head of the organization, you want that, you want them to be a leader. You don't want them right. to be a boss and you want to right. teach them. So you can be, again, that kind of went all over the place, but I guess bottom line, what I'm saying is that you can learn. That's the, that's the beginner's mindset, right? That yeah. we talked about a, a few weeks ago that the, yeah. the leader has that beginner's mindset and is, going to want to not only learn from other people in high ranks and not learn from those above him only or those laterally, but they're going to look down. And when I say, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't use the word him, them uh, with bosses, because I am fully aware that bosses and leaders can be both female and male. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, over to you, man. What are your thoughts? Well, I, um, uh, I, I think another way like especially if you're in a large organization or um you know in a large community um, that you lead what if uh and just think about the amount of respect that you'll receive uh by just um you know dropping into a meeting you know not as the boss but just as somebody to 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 learn you know i mean i think just that a big deal is uh someone's right you know we should be learning daily you know what can you learn by you know, stepping into a meeting that, uh, you know, I mean, it'd be kind of maybe kind of weird, you know, to have like, the, you know, some whatever CEO or some middle manager or something like that dropping into a meeting that, you know, I might have not have necessarily any, well, I'm sure it has something to do with the work that they're doing, but just to learn the process. And, and maybe that's the thing. It's like going in with that vulnerability and just be like, Hey, I'm here to learn. I want to learn more about what you guys are doing. I'm also want to be a more effective lead. Just even stating that I want to be a more effective leader. And you guys are helping me do that because we work with all this together. And so, I mean, here we are. I just talked about language in the beginning of, of the show, you know, how just setting that temp, that, that, that mood, right. And that environment that, um, you know, you're not a threat, right? Whereas like mm -hmm. bosses we talked about really begin to see things as a threat. And I guess those, you know, coming from that scarcity, it's a threat to the bottom line. It's a threat to their promotion. And therefore it's a, you know, maybe a threat to their family because, you know, how they're tied in financially with that job and stuff like that. Um, right. And there's just a lot of, even like, I think another great thing, John, is like study great leaders. There's no shortage of books out there on like, you know, yeah. Eisenhower. Like you want to study great leader, look at Ike, right? I mean, you know, oh, or, or look at, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really great. And the reason Eisenhower was so well liked because he was friendly, he was open. He was like, you know, just, he was flexible and, and, and really cared. And, and re that's the thing he led with love. He really, really, really cared about people. And when you care about people, people are going to care about you and people want to be around you. Uh, right. um, and that's like so, soften that boss mindset, but yeah, please, John. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to the Eisenhower museum as I was uh, driving across the country a few years with a few years ago with my dad and, you know, walking around and, and seeing how he led. And then we got to watch uh, a video, uh, on, on, you know, everything that he did as a military leader. And then when he was president, what he did as a president. And it's just like, man, 
I just want to I just want to sit down with this guy and pick his brain about leadership, uh, and you can do that through reading, and and mm-hmm. you, you've heard uh, you you may have heard the saying, uh, not all readers lead, but all leaders read, and hey, yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> that's uh, and and you have to you have to learn from others. Again, that comes back to the the beginner's mindset. You yeah. you gotta. Uh, one of our one of our watchers it says you've actually got Ike's little cousin right here. Uh, let's see who that is. Because I know I saw somebody. Show, yeah, and, and then we have a question money. before I lose it. Yeah, uh, we have a question here too, but um, you know, Nikki Eisenhower. Wrote, Nikki Eisenhower, thank you, Nikki. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here's um here's uh, John Wayne. John Wayne, right? Uh, Mullins. Uh, he has you know, do leaders develop their followers as opposed to a boss? So what is your take on that, John? Do leaders develop their followers as opposed to a boss? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think not only that, but the, the, the leader has followers, right? The leader has people that want to follow him or her. And right. the, the boss just has people who are going through the motions. And yeah. yes, coming back to the original question, Yes, absolutely. A, a leader wants to develop their their uh, followers. We have a saying in the military, um, you know, train your relief. Like you kind of almost want to work your way out of a job, not because of bad reason in the military, but eventually you're going to leave uh, in the military. There's a rotation set up. You're going to leave that organization. So you train those who are under you. So in a way, it's almost fostering leadership. It's almost forcing leadership because right. you have to train those under you. But the whole organization benefits from developing your followers, from yeah. developing those who work for you. And, right. uh, and that comes also back to that kind of reverse model. Um, as, a, as a leader in some of the lower ranks in an organization, you mm-hmm. want your, those who are higher in the uh, hierarchy than you, you want to help them develop themselves as well. So. If you have an opportunity to do some type of roundtable discussion, sometimes some leaders hold that, you can share your lessons with them. So really right. a leader doesn't just want to develop their followers, but I think a leader wants to develop everyone around them. They want yeah. everyone around them to, to be better because if everyone around them is better, then the whole organization is better. That whole rising right. tide floats all boats, man. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I think a, a leader is, uh, another distinguishing factor between a leader and a boss. So that's my, I thought. think another way to develop the follower as you know, or a follower is like, put them in a leadership position, you know, but also being very clear that you have their back, like they're, you know, I mean, cause like, I think when you have as a compassionate and a loving leader, uh, it's, there's a natural require or not requirement, a natural like offering to be like, Hey, I'm here to support you, right? I I love that whole idea, John. Like, and I think we work so well together because I know you. I got your back, you got my back, and we just come together and and we lead this together. Like, we lead this show together. We create the you know the post production and the production together. Um, and I think uh, this is what I want to say. So uh, I think if you're working in an organization that's very rigid, that's very hierarchical, top down, you know, uh, rank oriented kind of thing, you know, it's, there might be a lot of fear with a follower or somebody that, you know, a subordinate to step up into that leadership role because of fear of failure, because you don't have Mm -hmm. their back. Right. And that's like really important. That development is, is to create that space to allow. And I, 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 you know, I study a lot of, uh, corporate, um, uh, uh, leadership and team oriented st- and, and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of organizations fail because they don't have this environment in which you can fail. Mm, yeah. You know, it's all about getting it right, getting it right. You know, we, we talk about masculinity and toxic masculinity, confined masculinity, you know, being the unwillingness to ask for help. Right. And how, you know, and typically a lot of these organizations, a lot of companies are, are, are very kind of masculine, hierarchical based structures in some way, not just all by men, but just the way it's like, you know, it's just all it's a it's like a pyramid in how you answer right. to, in, in how you answer to things. But to have that environment, have that flexibility, have that uh, that ethos within your company that it's OK to fail 
or, or just not even fail. It's like falling short of a particular goal. But that's where someone mentioned creativity here. Like that's where you can really get some incredible ideas flowing because of those attempts. It's like trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. Um, right. And I think I know, I know that would be very helpful. Um, no, absolutely. Like that environment for sure. Absolutely. So the, the old uh, man in the arena, right? Teddy oh, I love that. Just, yeah. So uh, I'm sure all our watchers or listeners have heard some version of it, but it basically breaks down into the, those who are willing to take a chance. Those are those right. who are down in the arena. And then everybody else is a critic. And the critics are normally the ones who are sitting up in the, in the cheap seats talking about how the man or woman in the arena is doing things wrong. And uh, Brene Brown, you know, I'm a huge fan of Brene. Um, she talks about, you know, when you're creating something, never, ever listen to what the critics say because they're not they're not down in the arena with you. And I think that's another piece that the the leaders are are willing to take a chance. Leaders are the ones down in the arena. Bosses are the ones in the cheap seats, not creating. They're just consuming. And yeah. I think that's a, another distinguishing factor between uh, uh, the, the boss and leader. You, yeah. you want to go through some of the comments? Yeah, see, you uh, know what? I actually, could I read? I, used to, I had that memorized, the man in the arena. Yeah. And someone yeah, actually man. put here, it's biblically based, which is pretty interesting. But I had brought it up on the feed here. Thanks for the internet, right? And I'll read that and then we'll go through the comments. Is that okay, John? Maybe you can yes. write down some of the comments um, because they seem to go away. And I can um, see him. I can see him oh, you go, okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can't scroll, but I, I'll read this. So it's not here. This is the man in the arena by uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. It's not the critic who counts, it's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles and where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs who come short again and again because there is no effort without uh, there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds uh, who knows the great enthusiasms the great devotions and spends themselves in a worthy cause who at uh, best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst if he fails at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Love that quote. Yes, me too, man. It's uh, it's been near and dear to my heart uh, since I was uh, an academy midshipman. They make you memorize it your your freshman year. And uh, <laughs> awesome. and, and Brene Brown um, again, I love Brene, but she yeah. she does miss that last part, which I think that just that last part about. At worst, uh, you know, or, or never knows their place among those cold and timid souls. That mm -hmm. that part always like, man, those cold and timid <laughs> souls. Those are the bosses. Those cold and timid souls are the bosses. Oh. Those are the ones who are critics and aren't willing to take a chance because they don't want to fail. They don't want to be seen as failures. When right. you can learn and grow and become better by taking a risk, and perhaps you do fail or, or at least falter the way i see it is failure is never failure if you're learning and growing from it uh, i mean and so mm -hmm. that's uh that's the the other one of the other distinguishing factors between bosses and leaders is is the desire to grow and learn from your actions um, yeah. and not not uh be one of those cold and timid souls who's never willing to take a chance so, yeah Wow. Um, yeah. Any, any, yeah, I don't know. Should we, uh, uh, we're at, uh, we yeah. got like uh, 10 hours. minutes or so. So yeah. um, uh, should Let's we see. take a couple of questions here? I'm people are yeah, really I'm liking just... that whole failure thing, which is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, pick one, John. Yeah, I'll scroll through here and just see if there's any comments, questions. Um, let's see. Yeah, we talked about the man in the arena being big, biblically, biblically, biblically based. Wow, <laughs> tongue, tongues, tongues tied today. Um, so that, yeah, let's see. Yogi Berra, we've got, yeah, we've got, um, Eisenhower's little cousin on here. I, I don't see a whole lot of questions. Okay. Here we go. Uh, oh yeah. We already talked about John Wayne Mullins's do followers develop yeah. or do leaders develop their followers. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. 
I think there was one more about flexibility that I'm having. Oh, here we go. From, from one of our listeners, John, can you elaborate on the flexibility of following the person who moves first? That's a, that's Ooh. an interesting one. Um, and, and I think that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Let me, let me think about that one. What, what I, what I would like to say just instantly. Yeah. Well, if you have something, but I, I've got some things. No, to no, go, go ahead, ahead, John. Go ahead. I'll follow your lead. I'll follow your lead. Yeah. So, <laughs> the flexibility on following who goes first here here we are we're deciding who's going to go first um so i mean i think you have to be as as a leader you have to uh continue and and again a leader wherever you are in an organization you have to continually be assessing the type of person uh who is leading or rather moving first sometimes people are moving first to make a good first impression or Mm -hmm. an impression at all People are moving first because they want to win, not because they want to help out the team. So I think you have to be weary in following those who move first and know what type of person they are. Are they a leader or are they a boss? And I would I would say that most of the time, if they're a leader, uh, most of the time, feel free mm-hmm. to follow them, but also know that a lot of the time those leaders are willing to take risks that bosses wouldn't. And yeah. sometimes that may lead to a failure, but ultimately that failure is going to help either you or the organization grow in the long yeah. run. So yeah. that's my, my thoughts on that. Great question. Thanks, John. Really good question. I think like those people that are stepping up, I mean, good for them. You know, people that are taking that first, you're taking the risk of stepping up. And I think anybody, you know, if you're in that environment or in that situation or organization where, you know, someone does step up and you are like now you're being led by somebody. Right. I think that what's really required and, and coming along like that environment of compassion and love is, is patience. You know, just see, you know, uh, the decisions that that person is making and um, and where it's leading you. And based on that data. So instead of like getting into like, oh, I hate this guy. Like he's like always, he's always this and always that, you know, never giving him a chance, putting yourself right into that, you know, fight or flight, closing down, not listening, getting rigid, right. Versus like opening up, giving them a shot, being patient, breathing. Right. Um, and, and I would also add supporting them with your energy and they can feel that when you have that patience and, and you have some, you know, everyone's right in here, you know, I love that they're like, Hey, we got your back. we got your back, which is amazing. Um, you know, just getting somebody, you know, and, and, and there'll be moments like if you need to step up and, and help them out or, you know, or just kind of, you know, figuratively kind of grab an arm and, and help them up a little bit, you know, it's, uh, that, that's, that's what, uh, I love that whole idea. Thank you for, I don't know who said that, but loving leaders love, you John know, and, uh, yeah. And, and well, thank you, Mr. Bullwinkle. Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah. So this has been very fruitful, John. Yeah, uh, it's sad always, that Neil's I, not on with us today. We'll figure it out. Maybe we could do a uh, bosses versus leaders episode three and have uh, and have Neil's insights because I'm sure he's got some valuable insights. We'll see. We'll see what uh, yeah. what happens. But yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up, man. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for the the great questions, comments. I uh, appreciate it. And Will and I will be answering those here shortly. For those who happen to tune out now, because we're going to wrap it up with another grounding practice, and sometimes people, we lose our, our viewers. If you are about to jump off, hey, think about leaving us a review on iTunes. We'd love to really get this podcast into more people's ears, uh, get, get what it is we're sharing into more people's lives and really help to change lives because uh, we honestly think that's what we're, we're doing. That's why we do it. We love what we're doing, but it's also helpful to get those reviews uh, and, and definitely please share the show, share the videos that we do, share the audio that we do too. So thanks for tuning in and we will get Neil Markey back on the show at some point uh, to talk about leadership and in, in corporate America to talk about his organization, Evolutio, that's basically evolution without an N on it. So check out his website, evolutio.org. And, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll definitely have him back to talk about some other aspects of, of uh, mindfulness as well, because he is a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher down awesome. in Mexico doing great work. Mm. So that said, uh, I'll go ahead and lead our final grounding practice, and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up, brother. You got any last comments before I do that? 
Um, you know, I just want to remind people of our Halo Sport um, uh, giveaway. So go to, um, you know, go to mentalkingmindfulness.com, uh, enter your email, and we will uh, select three winners for a month's supply of their powder sticks, uh, halosport.com. Uh, and if you want to get 20% off Halo Sport, it's uh, MTM2021 at halosport.com. Uh, I'm going to give myself a little shameless plug, John. If you want to learn meditation every Saturday, I have a uh, breath and meditation lab at 12 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, it's all virtual. You can you know zoom in from everywhere. It's live. Uh, so if you want to drop in, just head to uh, willnotfear.com and you can just go to my site and find it right there. And um, I've been wanting to do that plug for a while, John, because I know mindfulness is or meditation is an easy way into mindfulness and all these other practices that we talk about. Absolutely. So here's an opportunity. And John, I'm going to say, like, um, I think I'd like to have you like kind of guest host it, you know, maybe like once a month awesome. or something like that. You know, that why not? You know what I mean? Like I so I'm, I'm putting that out there in the world. And it's the first time John's hearing about it because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I you know, why not, John? We get to grow this community together and and. And everybody that's on the stream today, everyone that's listening, we grow this community together with your reviews, right. with your shares, with your likes, with your comments. So I really cannot appreciate and say thank you enough to you, John, to the show, to the community creating and all the people that support us. So thank you so much. Amen, brother. And, you know, that's the that circles back to our show on the power of gratitude. We are so grateful for our watchers and our listeners, our audience. And thank you so much for being here with us, but also thank you for sharing the message. Uh, you guys rock. So that said, uh, go ahead, get into a comfortable position. Plant your feet on the ground, firmly on the ground and really feel your feet rooting into the ground, whether you're barefoot or, or through your shoes. And then Slowly close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. Otherwise, just soften your gaze. Sit with your back straight but not stiff. Let's begin by just doing a few cleansing breaths. Begin by bringing your navel to your spine, breathing out all your air. Breathe deep into your belly through your nose. And then let it go nice and slow, slow, slow out breath. One more deep belly breath in through your nose. And then let it go nice and slow, 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 really nice and slow on the out breath. And then just bring your attention to the physical sensations that you're experiencing right now. What are you hearing? What are you seeing even with your eyes closed or with your gaze softened? What are you seeing? Are you smelling on each breath in through your nose? Just note if you're smelling anything, any scents, aromas. Can you taste anything, even a neutral taste? And just do a quick scan of your touch points, your feet touching the ground, the back of your legs and potentially the back of your back against your seat, your hands resting, what it is they're feeling. You feel your clothing resting on your body. And then note what you're feeling emotionally. Don't feel a need to change anything, just note it. Are you feeling anxious, relaxed, stressed, at peace? 
have compassion for yourself for whatever it is you're feeling. Now let's wrap it up with two more cleansing breaths. Begin by breathing out all your air, bringing your navel to your spine. Breathe deep down into your belly, through your nose. Fill it all the way up into your chest. And let it go nice and slow. Slow, slow. One more. Breathe deep down into your belly. Last sip into your chest. And relax. And then when you're ready, go ahead and bring some movement back in your body and start to come out of the practice, blinking your eyes open. And here we are. That's a wrap, brother. Another great show. Thank you so much for being with me, man. I really appreciate you, man. Same, John. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, the audience. Like, uh, and uh, yes, Apple Podcast is free, guys. Someone just wrote all (laughs) free. So that's right. uh, That's right. Catch you next week, everybody. John, I'll catch you really soon. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll wrap it. Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.